0: Hello, and welcome to the Path of Most Persistence. This is a place where we hear and share tenacious stories of overcoming obstacles with our partners who dare to share a bit of their own personal paths. Abigail Palacios is a Clinical Fellow Speech-Language Pathologist. She has earned a Bachelor's in Science and Communication Sciences and Disorders, a Master's in Education in Special Education, and Master's of Science in Communication and Science Disorders. Abigail is ready and focused to take on professional opportunities and maximize her skill set. Abigail It is lovely having you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So you drove in to College Station today, just a few moments ago?
1: Yes, I think I got here around like one. Okay, good.
0: And it's a beautiful day. So hopefully your drive, your travel was perfect. Yeah, no troubles, thankfully. (laughs) Good. Well, this is the first time we are meeting and it's lovely meeting you, but I wanna know why you were recommended to me. Just recently we had a guest on, I think you know who we're talking of, <laughs> and after our conversation she said, I really I really have to have Abigail on, you really have to have her on, I'm going to give you her contact information. Why would she recommend you to me to be on this podcast?
1: Um, well, she's an amazing person, um, and she's a really, really good friend of mine. Uh, We actually met in college, um, the undergrad school that she started off at. We were on the same golf team together. Um, So she's really seen me grow, I would say, um, from, you know, just like a little teenager to now an adult. Um, And we've been through a lot together, like highs and lows. Mm -hmm. So she's seen me kind of like dig myself out from some low points in my life and we've always uh, been there for each other. So I think if anybody knows what I've been through, it's her. I love that. Should we say her name?
0: Yes. Okay, do you want to identify her? Yes,
1: it's uh, Begonia Aranguren.
0: I love it. Thank you so much. I don't want to take any time away or focus on you, but she is, uh, I think we both have admiration for her and her successes, so it's good to recognize her. Yes, of course. But I'm thinking also, and I want to talk about those stages that you've grown in, but I also want to talk about the fact that she probably thinks you know a little bit about persistence, because this is the path of most persistence. So what is your experience with persistence?
1: Um, I think I would say that it somehow has turned out that um, in my educational journey, Mm -hmm. at some point, it's usually like the most high stress point, um, I've had something traumatic happen Mm -hmm. um, with family members. Um, So I had to learn you know, how to just roll with the punches and be there for my family, but also not let my academic goals suffer. Um, So it started in my undergrad, it was my senior year, Um, my grandma got diagnosed with cancer. Mm. So, and that moment, it just, everything shifted, all my focus shifted to her. Right. Um, So I kind of just put everything on the back burner for a while because I I wanted to be there for her. And I was. And eventually she was like, you know what, you've been here long enough. Like, go finish, go to work, do something. And I was with her blessing. Um, I finally got the ball rolling and I started working. Um, But I think that was also a big reason why it took me so long to start grad school, um, because I was hyper focused on that and when um i lost her in 2016 that was like my all right you know she wouldn't want you to just be here moping around like do something so that's when i kind of like took the plunge and um i applied for my first master's program i moved uh from laredo to san antonio and that's been my home ever since and i've honestly never been happier
0: Oh, well, that's wonderful to hear. There's so many aspects that I want to visit, so be patient with me yes. as I zigzag through. But first of all, um, uh, we spoke of Begonia's name, and I feel like it's an appropriate time to maybe say your grandmother's name. Would you like to identify her?
1: Yes, um, my abuelita Licha. Her name was Alicia Gutierrez, but I would call her my abuelita Licha.
0: Thank you for so much for sharing her name. I think it's, it's powerful. Uh, to say um, the names of those that have gone before us, and especially those that hold a special place. So thank you for sharing. And I hope, too, that we can talk a little bit about those experiences because um, you've alluded to, you've made a little bit of indication of, of some of the difficulties that you've had. But I, I wanna know, I'm, I'm very curious, Abigail, that you've already mentioned two very strong relationships with your friend and your grandmother. Um, So tell me, how is it that we, you, can manage those, those relationships that we feel love, we feel a responsibility and respect for those that need our care, our attention, but still also... Um, follow our own goals and paths and passions. How do you find that balance? How do you persist through managing those responsibilities and that love and those tugs and still do what you need to do for your own life?
1: I think maintaining those relationships is what keeps me going. So I know that as much as, you know, they rely on me, I rely on them. So if for whatever reason I'm feeling a little low or I'm having some trouble, I know that I can turn to them and they kind of keep me on track as well to keep me focused. And Hey, you know, remember these are your goals. Um, I'm still going to be here when you're done. Just, you know, take your time. It's okay to be away. Um, I know that like, like they know that I'll always be back. Uh, but it really they really do kind of help, like, keep me grounded and focused. And sometimes you just need like that reassurance that, you know, you're doing the right thing and everything's going to be OK. And I feel like the people that I surround myself with are very good at like doing that for me, you know, keeping me in, in check when it when the time comes.
0: That is so important, and it sounds like that really lends to your successes. But have you always surrounded yourself that with people that have nurtured you in that way, that have given you that positive support, or have you ever had experiences where maybe perhaps there have been people in your life or in your circle that maybe did not give you that positive support, and, and how did you deal with that, or was that even an experience for you? Yeah,
1: it was. Um as I, like, grew into adulthood, it took me a while to figure it out. Um, but once I did, it became clear what I had to do. And it hurts. It hurts a lot, um, especially some if it's somebody that, you know, you've been really close to or maybe somebody that's even, like, part of your family, you know. But at the end of the day, you have to put yourself first because you're no good to anybody if you aren't, like, right within yourself. So... It's like a a big learning process, and it took a while, but eventually you have to let those people go because they're just weighing you down.
0: Okay. I'm going to really lean into this because I think it is so important to have these discussions, and I especially appreciate having your perspective. Uh, You know, a young woman that has just recently gained all this academic success – that have had these other um, important relationships in your life and responsibilities, and then finding, uh, identifying those healthy relationships and those ones that maybe are perhaps not as healthy. So I'm wondering, how do you manage? Because sometimes within families or friendships that are longstanding, it's hard to make a change. Because when people have known you for a very long time, they think they know you, that you're that same Abigail that maybe was 10 years old or 15 years old. You may have changed, but maybe they're not ready for you to make a change. How do you do do that um, and find a balance of what's right for you? But even if it's family or, again, or close friends, how do you do that with being true to yourself? But... um, justifying that in your head because it's it's hard to do the head and the heart separation right so can you share how you were able to do that or how you continue to manage that process
1: yeah so it's a lot of like back and forth with myself um you know like you want to think with your head but follow your your heart and that sometimes can be difficult especially Mm -hmm. if it comes to having to let go of somebody that's been a part of your life for a long time or was like your whole life for a while um and i think it's something that you have to like stop and ask yourself like are you happy right that's the first thing are you happy what what could make you happier? Or if you're not happy, what can be fixed? Right. And you have to kind of go down the list and see, all right, these are the things that are making me happy. These are the things that are not making me happy. Or these are things that bring value to my life. And this is not, you know, it's weighing me down or it doesn't, what once made me happy doesn't make me happy anymore. And you have to be able to recognize that first and foremost before you can decide, okay, what are the changes that need to be made moving forward? And yes, it's going to hurt. and It might hurt other people's feelings, but at the end of the day, like I said, you have to put yourself first because you can't help other people or be beneficial to them. If you yourself aren't, on the right track if that makes sense it
0: makes perfect sense and, and thank you for going in this direction with me i think for so many of um, our listeners that that's um, an issue and it may be a small issue or a large issue but it's an issue because every family is diverse but i'm i'm just thinking of you know some say i've heard it mentioned that uh, you can love someone very much but Uh, Not like them so much at the same time, right? Maybe not like the feeling or how you feel around them. So it sounds like that's what you're doing right now. You're identifying the difference between love and like, what's healthy, unhealthy, and you're getting it straight within your head and heart.
1: Yeah, so it's it's easy to kind of like fall into a routine, right? And then the way I say or the way I think is like I never want to settle, right? So... If it's like, oh, well, the, the good kind of outweighs the bad. Okay, but how bad is the bad, you know? Yeah, like when exactly. it's good, it's good, but then when it's bad, it's horrible, you know? So first figuring that out and then not necessarily like maybe cutting it out completely, but just, you know, keeping them at a distance. You don't have to make yourself available to people that are not good for you but you don't have to be rude to them either. Absolutely. You just choose what you want to share and who you make yourself available for.
0: That's so wise, Abigail. Thank you so much. I, I want to lean back on um, your relationship with your grandmother. So from your very birth from your very youngest years were you close to your grandmother
1: yes so uh, my Ulita licha was my mom's mom and then i have my grandma my grandpa on my dad's side so they were they've always been very very involved and we're very close they helped my parents raise me you know as they were going to school and working and stuff i was always with my grandparents if it wasn't my Ulita, it was my grandma my grandpa so they're a huge part of my life and i owe a like everything to them because they've instilled in me like my work ethic the way that i approach situations um the way that i handle conflict the way that i do everything is influenced by my grandparents like they're always on, on my mind and i always do everything that i've done is like hoping that i make them proud it gets beautiful. me emotional thinking about it. <laughs> well, that
0: is beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And I'm going to be selfish because I've just recently become a grandmother myself. Oh, that's amazing. AKA Bubby. <laughs> but, uh, but I want to know because I, especially at uh, this chapter in my life, I appreciate hearing people's stories about their love, of their grandparents, of course, their parents because I have children too, obviously. <laughs> but. I want to know what that secret sauce was that your grandmother shared with you. What was it? Because I want to be that kind of grandmother to my granddaughter, or and all the other ones that come after. But what can I do? What? How can I provide an environment for her that will allow nurture, love, that same amount of. Risk. It sounds like you all had a lot of mutual respect. Mm-hmm. What was that secret sauce? What was in the atmosphere?
1: I think it was, I was always just surrounded by love with her. Like, I knew that no matter what, I could always turn to her. And, like, she was the one that would, like, listen to me if I was, you know, oh, my mom doesn't let me cut my hair because... Of this TV show. You know, she would explain to me, you know, maybe you're not going to want like a little bob a month from now when your hair is super long or, you know, just like little, little kid things. But then as I grew older and the problems got bigger or the worries, the concerns, the dreams, she was always there. Um. So she was constant. That yes. I hear she, she was that con- like, yeah, like my grandparents have always been that one constant in my life, okay. always. And they did always have done everything with love and they've always made me feel that I can do anything if I work for it. And I have confidence in myself that there's nothing that I can't do. I love that. Thank you. I'm taking all that and I'm
0: putting it (laughs) in my heart to make sure that's always there. So thank you. But it sounds as though, and um, obviously since we're just meeting today, I don't know, but I'm feeling from you that you carry that same amount of passion, responsibility, consistency to your academics and your new professional career. Uh, into your relationships, how, how do you see that you incorporate that into what you do? Do you, are you intentional about applying those characteristics into what you do in all areas of your life?
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, My friends always kind of like tease me about how I'm like that friend, like that um, overprotective friend, but also like the friend that like hypes you up all the time you know like I'm just yes. I'm I'm the one that um, what is it like I, I hype them up but then I also bring them back down to earth and in work I do the same thing so I have done um, home health for a while mm. and there's something so personal about these families letting you come into their home yes. and you are coming into their territory they're opening up their doors to you and they're trusting you to help their child and I respect that so much and i love that they trust me enough to be able to do that so my thing is i don't want to let them down right Right. so i throw myself into like that that work whenever i'm there and when i'm not there i'm constantly thinking about it and when i'm at home writing the note visit i'm like oh we can do this or maybe if we do this this time like this will be better you know so i i think i apply it to all aspects of my life especially because it's something that I was always surrounded by.
0: Right. So it's just the water that you swim in. It's the air you breathe. That's just what you're made of. Mm -hmm. I get it. So of all your education and your professional experiences and, and experiences with students and parents, what have you learned most about yourself and what do you feel as though you've been taught by some of these interactions?
1: I've been fortunate enough to work with so many diverse families. And I've been able to see... I feel like that I learn more from them than they do from me most of the time. Um, And it's because of those experiences that I've had working with these families that kind of pushed me to want to do more. I could help them on a bigger scale um, with my current position that that I have now. And I think it's all because of the past experiences that I've had in working in the homes with my kiddos and their parents. Um, Another thing that I've learned through my time, um, working in home health and stuff is that I'm definitely not ready to have kids yet. <laughs> it's great. It's good, to, to yes, it's good to know. Yes. <laughs> that's one thing that they've definitely <laughs> taught me. Um, and i hope that I maybe have just made, even like, if it's like the smallest impact on their children's life, then my work is done. You know,
0: I do know. And I think that if, more of us focused on the smaller impacts, the larger ones will come. Mm-hmm. Because it's in the subtleties that we notice things. It's in the subtleties that differences are made. So I think when we we pull back so much that we're just focused on the big, you know, the big production, the big achievement, then we get lost. All the other things get lost. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. I I want to know um, what you would say to those. So we're going to have listeners that will hear you, Abigail, and they'll think, okay, well, Abigail has this great network. She had these wonderful grandparents, this wonderful family. She has this whole group of friends that just love her. She loves <laughs> them. Yay. Easy for her. <laughs> has it always been easy for you? And And if it hasn't, and if somebody's listening – what can you tell them to make life easier for them or to find a path where they can be most persistent
1: yeah definitely has not been easy um i've definitely had my my setbacks and you know ups and downs just it's it's life and the one thing i think that has helped me kind of persist through it all is having an outlet having like a like a hobby or something to where when you do it you're just focused on that and you're not worried about all the noise going on all around you and that's your time to think and really connect with yourself and figure out you know if what you're doing is what you want to do or if there's changes that need to be made I think having that an outlet to where you can really like have time to i guess communicate with yourself um as far as what you're doing and where you're going
0: so it sounds as though you're very reflective you're aware you're self-aware but you are intentional about being reflective within yourself do you make time for yourself every day or carve out a certain amount during the week? Or is it just as you're just living life, you're just reflecting upon?
1: I've definitely come up with a system. Um, since I do home health, yes. at the end of the day, I usually have like a decent drive home. Yes. And that's my time to reflect on the on the day. And then usually like on the weekends, I'll reflect on the, on the week or the month that I'm having or uh the year i feel like 2022 has been like three years in these these last like two weeks um so yeah i always just make sure that i carve out some time at the end of the day to reflect on what i'm doing how i can make it better and if everything's you know checking all the boxes then you know we're in business like i'm doing good
0: that's awesome. And I think uh, we all probably need to spend more time in reflection, but um, I'm trying to be respectful of time and I'm going to close out in a bit. We'll start that process. But before I do and, and start asking those final questions, I want to ask you, are there any comments or messages that you would like to send out to anyone that's listening that maybe a thought you had prepared for or something you just want to really make sure you say today?
1: Yeah, definitely. I would tell, advise everybody uh, to not be afraid to take that chance. I It goes back to what my professor said during that seminar uh, about not wanting to, you know, reflect back on your life when you're old and gray and think, man, I wish I would have done that. Or I wonder what would have happened if I would have, you know, taken that job or what would have happened if I would have accepted that Scholarship, or you know, gone out on that date, or you know, I would just say, don't be afraid to take that chance. You you don't want to have regrets later on in life, and some of the most beautiful experiences can come through that one chance that you took. I love
0: it because that takes courage to take a chance. Mm-hmm. Have you had to muster? Uh, courage from time to time to take a chance that maybe i know you've taken lots of academically but is there anything recently that you haven't quite built up the courage to do to take a chance or are you still working on it um right
1: now probably the chance that i'm like thinking about taking but not sure yet is now that you know finally done with school i definitely have more time on my hands um so i want to do more things um as far as like my to grow my career yes. so i'm actually in the process of taking a chance um and i uh picking up uh, like a prn job on the side P-R-N. Uh, like as needed okay Um, in a hospital okay which is something that, like i've always wanted and at first i wasn't sure if i was something i can handle and then i told myself just take the chance and see what happens So I took the chance, and I start in a couple weeks. So we'll see how busy I get.
0: Well, congratulations. Good luck and all the things. I'm sure it's going to turn out successful for you. But as we begin to close out, I have a few rapid-fire phrases. This is something that's new. Okay. (laughs) And you're one of the lucky ones that I'm trying it out on. So I'm going to just say a beginning of a phrase, and you finish it. No right answers or wrong answers, just your thoughts. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Here we go. I believe in magic.
1: (laughs) I trust Um, my grandparents. (laughs) I love my family.
0: I fear
1: failing. I forgive anything that's done me wrong in the past. I want to be happy. I believe
0: in luck, hard work, or miracles. Hard work. Final one. I persist because.
1: Oh, wow, that's a tough one. I persist because I want to do the best that I can with the time that I'm allotted on this earth. (laughs) Lovely.
0: Abigail, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure talking with you today, and uh, I'm so glad Bigel uh, (laughs) connected us uh, in this way. I look forward to uh, hearing about all your successes coming your way, and hopefully we can connect in another way, uh, maybe in a project, because, you know, we work with young people, too. (laughs) So I would love to collaborate, hopefully, in the future But to our audience, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've listened to the entire conversation and all the other conversations we've had. Let's all be like Abigail and take a chance and hopefully find a beautiful path forward. Have a great day.